chaos and turmoil and there's lots going on in this world. And, and, I, and I began to feel like the Holy Spirit was saying that my people need to come to a place to, to hear me. Their, their minds are filled with everything that's going on around them from the chaos that in their minds they can look at it chaotically. But if they would look through the Spirit, they would see it spiritually. They would see what I'm doing. They would see my hand. They would see my purpose. They would see my plan. I didn't bring you here this morning. Well, I didn't bring you here at all. God did. But he didn't bring you here to scare you, to freak you out, to make you feel uh, like, oh, my God, he's coming today. He might. I don't know. But I believe he brought you here to say, get ready and get yourselves prepared because it's closer than what you think. The only reason I say that is because if you read your word and you study in it, you will realize the things that are unfolding in Israel right now are literally pivoting for the end time of what God is doing. That may be in a year. That may be three years, ten years. I don't know. It could be tomorrow. I don't have that timing. Jesus didn't give that timing to his disciples. And honestly, he said, I don't even know the timing, yet my father knows the time. But I do believe that he wants his church to be ready. He wants his bride to be ready for what he has and what his purposes are. And there are some things that are unfolding that we need to be aware of by the mind of Christ, not by the mind of just the news or things that we're hearing or things you need to pay attention. Yes, but pay attention by what the word says. I believe now more than ever, we need to get in our word. We need to get focused and we need to get ready. So if you could look at your neighbor this morning and say, get ready. That was a little lame. Get ready. I'm going to start with the word of God. Is that all right? Amen. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 in the message says it this way. The world is unprincipled. It's dog eat dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair. But we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have and never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing the entire massively corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God. My God, do you, does anybody understand what's going on in our world right now? This is, your, this, is, this is your weapon right here. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. 1 Corinthians 1.10 in the Amplified says it this way, But I urge you believers by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that all of you be in full agreement in what you say and that there be no divisions or fractions among you, but that you be perfectly united in your way of thinking and in your judgment about matters of faith. Is it just me or does anybody else look back over what happened from the beginning of the year and God began to speak to us about a new mind, a new you, and getting your minds right and setting things in order. And then he began to speak to us about how we can move in that and go in it. And then God began to speak to us as we've been transitioning into learning how to overcome by the testimony. Do you understand that it is the word of your testimony and the unity of your mind in faith with Jesus Christ that is going to make a difference in the lives of people around you from now on? It has to be the difference. And God's trying to tell us that we are not just sitting here to get a feel-good message, but you are getting a preparation so that you can be used as soldiers for his kingdom in this world and his purposes. We will not fight this battle in flesh and blood, but we will fight it by the powers and the principalities of Jesus Christ and the blood of the Lamb. In the blood of the Lamb. Our greatest weapon as the body of Christ against the enemy is our unity. Our greatest weapon as the body of Christ against the enemy is our unity. 
It's not our buildings. It's not our programs. It's not our degrees. It's not anything like that. It's our ability to be of one mind with Christ and as the body together. What's funny is as a nation, our anthem has always been united. We stand as a nation, right? The phrase united we stand, divided we fall is said to be coined from the Greek storyteller Aesop and his fables. It was used by the colonist as the world was becoming the United States of America. And yet today is division in this country is seen more than ever. With the uncertainty that we are facing in our world as literal scripture is being unfolded, I heard the, God, the Spirit of God speak to me this word that I'm getting ready to give you. And this is what he said. He said, tell my church, my bride, that they must be unified. No addition ever comes from division. I am looking to add to my kingdom daily, for my time is at hand. They must be of one mind and heart with me, because no discord ever brought unity. They must fight together. They must pray together. They must worship together. They must stand in faith together. This is the only way. As kingdoms of this world fall, and I have my way, The unity of the church will strengthen and bring courage to you in these last days. Your union with me will be seen through your unity. Don't fight as the world does on their own terms, each one of them out for their own interests. This is how you will be destroyed. But rather fight from my purpose and you cannot fail. I will not leave you nor abandon you nor will I forsake you. I long to have my glory revealed through you. So hear my cry and hear my plea. My church, my bride, stand in unity. The reason the church exists is to be the visible picture of the glory of God. Do you understand that? I'm not talking about this building. This, I believe this building is a safe place. It's a, it's a refuge. It's, it's a place where the, the body of Christ comes together to begin to uh, strategize against what the enemy is doing. It's time that we, as the ones who were the wounded, begin to learn how to be doctors and nurses in the hospital of Christ. It's time that we take off our bandages of the past and begin to walk in the freshness of Christ. The problem of it is that some of you like to lay in your sick bed. And God's trying to say, I'm taking the beds out of the room and it's time for you to stand. He said that there's not room for you to just lay around. There's not room for you just to be petted by the the things that you just hold on to because you are unwilling to release them to me. There's not room for that. See, see, God is making room for you. I believe right now God's trying to teach you personally that you are the church. No matter where you go, no matter what you do in your job, in your home, in your it, it doesn't matter where you are. You're the church. And what he's trying to teach you is that I will work with you one-on-one. I will do what I need to do with you one-on-one if you allow me. But could you just start using the church as its purpose to grow the kingdom and to quit setting and sulking in your mess? We don't have time. I want to say this. If you came here a mess today, you're in the right place. I believe that. But God's wanting to change and shift you. If you really want to get out of your mess, he can do it. He can do it. We've seen it. We've seen it. We've seen turnarounds. We've seen it. It's powerful. But guess what, guys? I'm tired of using God's power as a charging port. Why don't we just stay plugged in? Stay connected. The reason you feel drained and your battery's running low as a Christian and you wonder why it's so hard for you to speak to others about the glory of God is because you're not filled with it yourself. 
Because you use it as a charging port instead of as a power source that is connected to you daily. And you step out of it so easy because it's so easy to become consumed by me, me, me. I thought God's word said, in this world, you will have troubles. You will have hard times. You will face persecution. But take heart. Because in me, I have overcome the world. You're going to face things. You're going to have days where you feel like downright crap. I'm going to be honest. Where your body doesn't want to cooperate. Where your mind doesn't want to cooperate. Where, where your, your job doesn't want to cooperate. Where your family doesn't want to cooperate. Where your emotions don't want to cooperate. But guess what can cooperate? The Spirit of God inside of you that can align all those things for His purpose. But not if you're drained. Not if you're empty. Not if you're, do you know God's the one thing you can never get enough of to eat? And the only way you gorge yourself on God is because you're not giving it out. You ever done that where you filled yourself so much that you want to throw up? Right? Thanksgiving's coming up, just a warning. Have you ever done that? You've, you filled yourself so full that you're like, oh my God, I'm going to puke. I think that's the problem. We have too many Christians walking around so full that it, they end up puking instead of just sharing the love of God. We don't have to do that. God isn't the station where you gorge yourself. I haven't eaten, I haven't eaten, I haven't eaten, I haven't eaten, I haven't eaten. And we look like the little Ethiopian Christian kids walking around with our bellies full because we don't eat right, we don't drink right, we don't rest right in his presence. And so what happens is we can't even contain ourselves the goodness of what he's giving. We can't do this on our own agendas, church. We can't do it by what we think and what we see, what we feel. We have to place ourselves within the calendar and the agenda of God. I believe with everything within me when that took place, when we had the baby dedications, and that was the day that began the head of the year that happened at that time. I believe God took Remnant Church and set it in his calendar. He set it in the purpose, not just because of the Jewish calendar. I'm talking about the calendar of God. You can look at me like, that's crazy. There's things going on. Well, that's, that's good and fine. I don't care. I'll be crazy for God. I don't really care what you think. But what I know from everything that I've studied and everything that I've looked at and everything that I've read by Bible and what his word is telling me is that we must be in a line with what he's doing in his calendar. We have to. We have to. Church, it's time that we walk in our sole purpose for God and let our anthem be united, we stand. Our anthem, united, we stand. That's what God wants. He wants unity. Do you realize that unity was never to come from the government of man? It was to come from the government of God anyways. United, we stand. Unity comes from the root word, Yuna. Yuna means consisting of, relating to, or having only one. One. I heard a statement one time from somebody, and they said this, anything with two heads is a freak. That could be a little harsh. But as I think about the application to where we are in this world and a church, the statement really rings true with reality. Anything that's double-headed creates double-mindedness, and double-mindedness creates division and instability. Double-headed, double-minded. Anything that's got two heads is a freak. What, what's so funny is uh, I don't believe we were ever meant to be a monarchy, but I believe we were, be, we were meant to be ruled by the kingdom of God. It all started to go wrong when the people began to cry out for a king when they wanted Saul to be their king because they could not subject themselves to the authority of Jesus Christ. So they thought man was of greater power at that time than God to be worked through than just relying on him. And from that point, we began to disobey the word of God. 
I'm not saying, look at, listen to me right now. I am not a radicalness. I'm not like, oh, what I'm saying is I stand on the word of God. I'm not saying that government isn't good, that God hasn't used it through different things. But what I'm saying is if we would have just been founded on what he wanted from the beginning, we probably wouldn't be in this huge mess now, he wouldn't have had to come like he did and die on the cross because we were so worried about creating our own kingdoms and our own rule in the land. And I'm thankful, yes, that we live in a government. And for those of you that serve, I'm not even giving you a hard time, but I believe that even in your own hearts, those of you that serve, would have wished there would never have been a war break out in this world. That there could have been the peace of God that rested on our hearts. Colossians 1, 17 through 18 says, He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything He might have supremacy. What this scripture is clearly stating here is that the one head we are to have over the body of Christ is Jesus the one head. We will never be in true unity with God if we never fully submit to his lead. Ask yourself, this is crazy, but I want you to ask yourself, am I a double-headed freak? Do I allow the world to rule me on one side and then God on the other side? Do I walk around? Do I have a Siamese twin? Literally, think about it in the spirit. This is not a joke. I'm not saying this to even be funny. I want you to really think about it. Do I walk around double-headed, double-minded? Do I allow what pulls me by my emotions on this side rule me at one time and then what God wants rule me at the other? Paul even said it. He said, I do the things that I don't want to do and the things I want to do, I don't do. We have to come in unity with Jesus Christ. How do we do that? By staying connected to the power. By making the word your first thing, by making it your last thing, by making it the beginning, the middle, the end, all the above. By making what he has be the power over you. Seriously, though, think about it. When you still try to lead your own body and will, yet try to be subject to the will of God, you are spiritually walking around with two heads. The same goes for the body of Christ. We must allow God to be the lead and the, and the sole direction for all we do. Our unity with Christ should overflow into our unity with each other. And our unity with each other should be the example of the peace of God to a world in chaos. Our unity with Christ should be the overflow of the unity into, our, into the body with each other. And our unity with each other should be the example of the peace of God to a world in chaos. I want to read to you Ephesians Chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, and I want to read it right here. It says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. One. 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 I want to read to you this footnote that's in my Bible. It says, The unity of the Spirit cannot be created by any human being or group of believers. As Paul has already emphasized in chapters 1 through 3, this unity already exists for those who have accepted the truth and received Christ. The Ephesians were now to maintain that unity, not through human efforts or organizations, but by living in a manner worthy of the calling to which that they had been called. The same goes for us. Spiritual unity is not a matter of intellectual agreement on issues. Did you hear me? You don't have to agree 
on everything. That's not what spiritual unity is. Spiritual unity is not a matter of intellectual agreement on all issues. It is a unity of love and purpose and is maintained by being loyal to the truth and moving in obedience to the leading of the spirit. This unity is based on Christ's love and purposes at work in and through all, all of our lives. It cannot be achieved by flesh. It will, however, work itself to express outwardly in the good works and the things that you do as a Christian. Essential to Christian faith and unity is the confession that there is only one Lord. The Christ's work, the Christ's work of redemption, liberation from sin, restoration of our relationship with him is perfect and sufficient. No other savior or mediator is needed to bring us to God. Only Jesus provides the opportunity for spiritual salvation. Only through Christ can we come near to God. To give equal or greater loyalty to another authority other than God as revealed in Christ and his inspired word is the same as rejecting Christ as Lord and cutting off the life that is in him alone. In order to truly follow Christ and experience the unity of the Spirit, a person must submit to the Lord Jesus Christ as the supreme leader in his or her life and follow Christ's authority as communicated in God's written word. Right here. Right here. If anything that you are doing in your life, you can look at and know that it doesn't line up with the word, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. What does it say? It says cut off. Cut off. Cut off. That doesn't mean you like just snip little bits so that fringes. No, it's cut off, separate from. Stop. Stop it. Maybe sometimes the reason we struggle to get into the word of God is because we already feel the conviction and know that it's just easier to ignore it. It's easier to ignore it. Oh, I didn't read my word today. When all this time in your heart you felt this telling you, get alone with me, spend some time with me, do what you need. And sometimes a lot of it is is because we know that this brings conviction, it brings cut, it brings things that will begin to bring healing, it brings discipline. And in our generation, in our world, in our culture today, we are society that does not like any of those. But I'm ready to change the culture of the world with the culture of kingdom. And the way that you do that is by becoming in unity with God and in unity and in one body and one mind as the church. Our job as the body of Christ is to cause others to focus on one thing, Jesus. So what are the seeds that you're sowing? Are they seeds of unity or are they seeds of discord? Do you speak out of both sides of your mouth? Do your actions speak out of both sides of your heart and your head? What you do in private will always overflow to the public, somehow, some way. God's word says that every hidden thing will come to the light. Every one of them. Aren't you tired of hiding? Aren't you tired of living that way? I want to live so that Christ knows that, hey, I'm worthy of the calling that he's given me, even though I'm pretty inadequate and I don't feel like I have everything, but he sees me as worthy of the calling that he's put upon my life so that I can fulfill for his kingdom. Not anything about me, for his purpose. The world needs a united front right now, more than ever. And that front isn't the government of the United States, but it's the government of God. It's the government of God. Do you realize if our government would just bow before the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he would bring unity to it all so that we could just reign the right way. Christ is the head and the government is to rest on his shoulders. This was prophesied by the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament concerning the birth of Christ. It said in Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born, 
Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Do you realize that Christ was born as head in chaos? Christ was born as the head in chaos. If you look back, you read your scripture in Old Testament, Christ was born in the time to where Pharaoh and, or Herod, he was killing all the baby boys. Every single one of them. And they weren't just killing them, they were literally throwing them and feeding them to crocodiles. And you wonder where the spirit that's facing our nation right now comes from. It comes from way back. Oh, you can look at it and just say, well, they're just terrorists. No, we are in a battle of good and evil. We've been in it for a long time. For a long time. He was born at that time. Christ was born as head in chaos. And so it was only fitting for the church to be born in chaos. Don't you see it? We have and we're meant to be the place of peace in the midst of chaos. Your willingness to stand as a unified front is most important now more than ever. I want to say this to you right now today. Chaos should strengthen the resolve of the church, not diminish it. Chaos should strengthen the resolve of the church, not diminish it. Like I said, the church was born out of chaos. You don't believe me? Well, let's just take it to Scripture. Go to Acts chapter 2. I'm going to give you a little bit of reading, but is this all right? Well, if it wasn't anyways, I was going to do it. Because God said so. I want to read Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Just this verse in the King James Version. It says, and when the day, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Guys, you realize that in the midst of chaos, this, this, was, this was after Jesus Christ had died on the cross. Here they were. He said, I'm going to leave you, and then I will come again, but I'm going to send the one to come for you. In the middle of chaos, here they are. They're trying to find another disciple. They go up to the place of this room, and they sit in this room, and they're praying, and they're waiting, and asking God. And honestly, let's be honest, they're hiding at this point because they are freaked out because they know, they know that something's coming for the Jews. God, do you guys understand? The Holocaust started in the word. It didn't start just because stinking Hitler came to earth. The Jews have been wanting to be wiped out for a long time. And what's so crazy is, do you realize when Jesus Christ came to earth and he allowed that veil to be spoken, to be torn, that he allowed all of us to come into that descent of who he was as the head of the body. It didn't really matter. So do you understand that as a Christian, whether you are a Jew or not, you are a target. And the enemy wants to create a holocaust of the Christian world. You know who you are. Here they were hiding, and they were praying, and they were seeking God, wanting to know when he came. And what's powerful about it is in the midst of chaos, instead of just, yes, they had fear. They had things that were natural in their selves. They lived in the world. They were flesh, but they chose to allow their spirit to override their flesh, and they began to seek God in unity. In one accord, with one heart, one mind, one head, one purpose. I want to read the rest of, to you. Acts twenty or Acts two, verses one through twenty-one. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. 
And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues and the, that the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at that sound, the multitude came. And they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each one of us our own language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia and Judea and, Cappad and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia. Persia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? What does this mean? But others mocking said they are filled with new wine. What does this mean? But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was prophet through the, through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor and smoke. Then the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood. Before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day, and it shall come to pass. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Verse 38, and Peter said to them, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of, your, of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words he bore witness and con continued to exhort them saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and they were added that day about 3,000. Do you realize that the church was born in chaos? Because it was born out of unity. Because 120 decided to say, I don't care anything else but what you want God I want you to lead do you realize that all over this world you think we're sitting pretty in the United States we are not we are not you think we're going to escape everything we are not. But all I know is I want to be a part of the church that says, in those days, God will pour his spirit out. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that. I want to be the church that brings unity. Do you realize that your unity 
What's so funny is the church was born in chaos. And what's crazy is that it was their unity and chaos that drew the multitude. I believe we haven't seen a multitude because we're not in unity. And God's calling his bride, his church, to be in unity so that the multitudes, the greatest harvest that we've ever seen, it says it scripturally that we will see the greatest harvest ever seen before the coming of the Lord. And I want to be a part of that. Not just our, I love our worship team, but I don't want to sing your songs anymore. soul. I'm here to stir it. <laughs> when was the last time you so allowed your heart to be stirred for the things of God? <laughs> Not just a moment so you could come receive a prophetic word. You already have received it. It says it right here in Acts 2 when the church was born and it reigns over the church and in the last days shall be. God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. What more do you need? Instead of waiting for a word, why don't you just follow it? Just follow it. Just follow it. Just follow it. Unity draws the multitude. Unity breaks the barriers. Unity protects the broken. Unity provides safety for the weak. Unity breaks down the barriers of culture and leads to the one true God. Unity is our shield in the battle against the enemy. We are at war. And not just any war, it's spiritual. It's a spiritual war. When we stand united with God and each other in these spiritual battles, we prove that all forces fall under one responsible commander, and that commander is Jesus Christ. When we realize that fighting this battle together is the only way. We will not fear the chaos, but face it with a strength that comes only from the power of God. We won't fear it. Like I said, I'm not here to scare you, but his word's gonna have his way either way. Where are you at? Who are you? Do you know, do you know whose child you are? Do you know what side you're fighting on? Are you riding the fence? Or are you just setting, wandering around? Sometimes I feel that we as Christians are so woe is me that we ride the, the stand of a prisoner of war constantly. Because we're so wounded that we can't see that by his stripes we are healed. I'm not saying you don't have wounds. But if you would just let him come in and really clothe you with who he is, really surrender and let go, he would cover you. He would begin to bring healing to you. And no, not all healing comes overnight. It takes time. But guess what that comes from? Being plugged into the source. Staying connected. I want to read this to you. I love my study and I love what my word says, but it says, in the Old Testament, the last days were considered the time when God would act in a powerful way to judge evil and save his people. The New Testament reveals that the last days began with the first coming of Christ, the birth, and the first days and the first outpouring of the Spirit of God on his people. The last days will end with the Lord's second coming. The specific time is characterized as the age of judgment against evil, authority over demons, opportunity for salvation for the human race, and presence of God's kingdom. At the conclusion of this age, the Lord will remove his church from the earth and bring his most severe judgment on the world. 
God's work in these last days will be accomplished by the power of the Spirit. The last days involve God's power. We can keep praying and say, oh God, take me before it all, or we can actually do what he's asked us to do. Which it says in the last days, involve God's power working through Christ's followers to invade the realm of Satan. To destroy the devil's work and to reclaim lives for God. But the warfare has only begun and it's not yet complete. Satan's evil activity is still present in a powerful and destructive way. Only the second coming of Jesus, which he literally returns to the earth at the end of the tribulation period, will bring to an end of the activity of evil forces and complete the last days. The last days represent a time, come on, of bold evangelistic ministry that will spread Christ's message of spiritual salvation to those throughout the world who do not yet have a personal relationship with him. It is a time of calling everyone to turn from their own rebellious ways, to put their faith in Christ, and to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. During this time, Christ's followers must do all they can. They must do all they can to communicate and show the saving work of Christ through the power of the Spirit, keeping in mind that a final judgment is coming, the great and magnificent day. We must be alert at all times for the day when Christ will return to free his people from the sinful world, the last days officially bring the active presence and activity the last days officially bring the active presence and activity of the kingdom of God the active the activity and I'm just going to say it like this you're either going to be caught being active for his presence or sleeping and it's up to you where you will be found but I know as a church that God did not call us to name and rename this church Remnant Church for a purpose. And it says in the last days, God will raise up a remnant. Now, I want to tell you something right now. I believe that God wants to raise up his church, not just Remnant Church, but the remnant of the bride of Christ that with bold affection for him will stand and say, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am so sick of hearing about protests that are not of God being done. And that's all the news shows. Where's the voice of the ones crying out in the wilderness? Prepare the way of the Lord. Oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't putting a hip hop song for you to memorize. So, you know, it's just easier to exclude yourself from it or it wasn't a television show or a sitcom and it didn't have everything in the bible in that show that was totally against god in that show that represented all things to all people no we represent one one thing one purpose one kingdom jesus christ nothing else nothing more nothing less one 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 Just like the men and the women in the upper room, their sole purpose was to seek the purpose of God for the times they lived in. Are you seeking God for his purpose for the times you live in or just for the, the little bubble you live in? Your world, your things, your bills, your car, your marriage, your kids, your this. Me, 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 me. Do you know God says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all those things will be added unto you. Seek ye first. Is God number one? Church, what are we seeking and where are we seeking the answers from? It's time we seek God in unity. It's time we seek him in unity, individually and corporately. He'll move on the behalf of the overflow of our prayers. When God 
is our one desire. Listen to me, this is so important. When God is our one desire, our one purpose, and our one passion, he will lead us to save the one. Did you hear me? When God is our one desire, our one purpose, and our one passion, he will lead us to save the one. And then that one becomes another, and another, and another, and another until the day of his return. We can either stand around freaked out and guess when he's going to come, or we can show a united front and live out our days in purpose until he does. We can either stand freaked out, trying to guess when he's going to come, or we can show a united front and live out our days in purpose until he does. Either way, he's coming. Either way, he's coming. Our unity defeats the enemy. Our unity defeats the enemy. It's time we show a united front. I'm not asking you for your political biases. I really don't care. Because when all ends up, guess what? None of that's going to matter. Because he has the last say. And guess what? He's going to trump, no pun intended, everything that uh, is taking place. And I'm not, this is not a pro-Trump. I'm saying he's going to trump all of it. He's going to take, it doesn't matter who's who or who's president or what's what. He's going to trump it all. He's going to come in his power and vengeance. And I'm telling you what, I'd rather be on the side of power than vengeance. Where do you stand today? Where's your heart at for his people? If I could really ask you and you really asked yourself, am I really in unity with God? In unity. That means cleaving together, coming together. You wonder why God uses the bride and the groom as a, as a picture of unity because See, when you get married, you should begin to come together and it said the two become one. One. One flesh, one mind, one heart, one spirit. When we choose to be married in spirit to Jesus Christ, we choose to become one. One. To be led by his direction, his calling, his purpose, his passions. Do you know how many one how many ones we pass up every day (laughs) you may have just one person in your life that God keeps redirecting you to and redirecting you to do you have a bold enough to faith to say hey I have the answer you know what's so crazy go back to the beginning of church in chaos right God gave those people the ability to speak in tongues but you know what's powerful is they weren't just speaking in tongues like just what happens here they were speaking in languages of people to understand do you realize that when you choose to submit yourself in a word of chaos he will give you the ability to speak to the heart of the one in a language they will understand talking about Spanish and French. I'm talking about right here, the language that touches the heart. And if it is in Spanish, he can give you the ability to speak it. I've seen it. He says, so come when all men can hear. But he also talks about watching from the north. When they come in to invade Israel. Watch out for earthquakes and all kinds of things. You realize in the last eight days, there's been eight earthquakes in Afghanistan. Eight. Do you hear the sound of the earth crying out? God said in his word, if you do not cry out, the rocks will cry out for you. When was the last time that the church really came in unity? 
under the word that God said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will hear from heaven and heal their land. Now, does that mean that the rapture won't take place? Absolutely not. Does that mean the second coming of God won't take place? No, what I believe that means is that there will be a greater outpouring of his spirit of healing of lives and souls being saved and returned to him as long as we are in purpose and on purpose for God. I'll say it like this. We need to begin to be dependent on the government of God. Dependent on who he is. That means that we are in humility to say, I am nothing and you are all. And I lay myself down and I'm ready to get to work. I'm ready to get to work. You know what that means? You know what that work takes? No, you may not be on the ground fighting as a soldier. You may not literally be going over and fighting as a soldier. And if the U.S. gets dragged into this, you may be one that does that. And, and, and whenever, I'm not just going to say if, I'm going to say whenever things change for the United States and things happen, God is calling you to be the soldier that's fighting for his kingdom. Otherwise, you're going to be found on the wrong side. Because guess what? It says, I'm trying to give you some scripture right now. It says the Antichrist is going to come in and he's going to look as if he gives salvation to Israel and his people and a peace treaty will be signed for seven years and in three and a half years it will be broken and the God's going to come and demolish it all. But it says that even the elect will be deceived because they're going to think that the Antichrist is the coming of the Christ. And all I'm asking you is are your ears, your eyes, and your heart of your spirit open to who he truly is? Because the only way, church, is by being in unity with him. Because guess what? I can plug my phone into anybody's charger. I can use anybody's charging point to charge my sources. But there is only one power and one source that really charges my spirit. What are you plugged into? Youth? Oh, you think, I got all the time. I'm worried about my girl. I'm worried about my guy. I'm worried about my schooling. I'm worried about this. It's time to be worried about where you are with God. And I love you, and you can nod your heads at me. And then you're going to go out, and you're going to put that crap CD in your car or or whatever it is, satellite. I don't even care what Amazon, Siri, whatever you're going to play your daggum music off of. And you have all these stinking words that you can say from TikTok and Instagram. But can you say the word of God? Can you say it? Do you know it? All the children back there, you wonder why we're trying to pour in them the word of God so that they can be lions? I'm just telling you, I don't know if all of them will see to become old enough to get married and all that. I have no clue. I think we just need to be ready now. If God can use a king at 10 years old to turn a nation around to him, he can use a child to turn a nation to turn around to him. He can use a youth to turn a nation, a school around to him. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. not a joke he's calling his people he's calling his people it's all right he's calling the multitude woman just came in she hasn't been here the whole service and all I know is all she said is I just want all of God and I need him do 
you hear me? Wait, 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 wait. What happened? They were setting in one accord in the room. And then the sound of the kingdom drew the multitudes. It wasn't them saying, here, take this flyer. Here, come. Here, do this. Here, come. Here, do this. Here, come. Here's this event. It was the sound of the Spirit of God in them that drew the people to him. Does the sound of God come out of you? Does the sound of God come out of you? We have a woman who is giving her heart to Jesus Christ on her own accord because the sound of something stirred in her heart. I want to open it like this. If you know right now that you need Jesus Christ in your heart, and I'm not talking about just coming up here and being like, oh, yeah, I need him. because No, if you know that Jesus Christ is not your master and savior of your life and you need him in your life because you have not fully dedicated nor surrendered to Christ in full unity, then I ask right now that you come to the front. you know I have not given my heart to Jesus Christ I don't fully live for him but I want to I want to live for him come here baby look right here look right here God said, if you'll truly make a decision today, he'll use you to change lives that you touch. He said, but if you choose to make this decision and walk away, it'll change your life for the worst. He said, make this decision today. He said, you choose to stand on your own. And he said, even though you grabbed your dad's hand to come up here, he said, I was pulling you because I'm the father. I'm the one. I'm the head. I'm the one who's over you. He said, and as a youth, he said, if you make a declaration, he said, there are things in your life that you know when you leave here, you have to cut off immediately. If you do not, it will suck the life out of you. He said, there are friends that are sucking the life out of you. There is, you know what I'm talking about right now, don't you? You know exactly what it is. He said, you are going to go in. He said, I'm going to begin to delete things in your life. Not because I'm taking things from you, but because I'm going to give things to you. Nevaeh Star, come here. I heard it by the Spirit of the Lord. He said, you have such a heart. For this generation he said he's seen your stand he's watched how you stand devoted even when others have left you over and over and over and over again he's watched your stand and he said because you have made him one he's going to use you to lead the one to Jesus Christ this isn't just our job he's calling a generation he wants you to lead your friend to Jesus. He said, and because of your bold faith, this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. He said, the heart that you've had for Christ, this is just the beginning. He said, the seeds that you've sown, you're getting ready to see a harvest from little girl. He said, I see you every morning. I see you every night. Get in your word with me. Not because your mama and daddy tell you to, but because you want me and you long for me. He said, a word is getting ready to come out of your mouth. Turn to your friend. Church, stand with us. Put your hands together. You're going to lead your friend to Christ. You're going to ask her.
accountability. And if you know things are going on in your home that are not accountable to the Spirit of God and you keep silent, God said, shame on you. He said, if you deny me in front of others, I'll deny you in front of me. Accountability. salvation but I believe what God's wanting to do is give a call of unity and if you know in your heart that you've not fully been you're standing and it's real easy but you're not fully plugged in constantly connected to the source I call you to come this morning because God's trying to keep you from trading sources and to make him the one true source of your life so that we can come together in unity for him amen amen Thank you. God said he's going to try to teach you to quit grabbing from one thing to another, to another, to another, to another for an answer. He said, because that's all you knew from the time you were a child was the gypsy spirit. And he said, he's breaking that today over you. He said, he wants to connect you to him fully so that you can lead. He said, you said it stops with me. Now he's going to cut it off. He said he's going to sear every fringe that has still tried to be seared to your life so that all you know is the one true God as the one leading over your life. And as you are prayed over today, he said what it's going to be is it's not just a word that's coming forth from just a word out of somebody's mouth, but it's a word of God to you directly to grow by his spirit. He said get connected to me in the right source and then connect to the right sources on the outside. No more hopping. Right in the middle. You hear me? You hear me? Sam, actually, you're supposed to pray over her. Go ahead. Now, as God's trying to plug in, see, that, see he's, he's building a hunger. He's building a hunger and a desire. <laughs> now, my question is... To you for the rest of you that are looking and you're saying I desire to be in unity with God but here's the hard question if you know you haven't fully been doing what God's asked you to do to be active for his kingdom I'm talking about active for his kingdom as in sharing who he is and making everything he does your purpose because it's real easy to get sidetracked with what's going on in ourselves if you really desire God and to be active for his kingdom and unity I call you forth I call you forth. If you want to be active in unity as the bride of Christ for his people, I call you forth. He's looking for the soldiers who are ready to work in the kingdom. I don't care how long you've served God. I don't care. See, he's trying to build one accord. What's your name? Zach? your worship he said you came in here really longing he said actually you've been longing for something for a while and you've been seeking for a while he said and there's always been this passion to you but he said there's just been also this timidness of wondering about well I'm not sure I've just got this uneasiness of, of, of unsurety that's over my life he said he's getting ready to bring a sureness to your feet he said that the, the questions that you've been asking about your stability and where you are to be planted, he's answering that today. 
He said he sees that you came in by yourself. He said, don't be discouraged by being yourself by yourself. He said, you're not alone. He said, I've always been with you. I have not left you. I have not forsaken you. Actually, I guided you and directed you all the way. He said, if you continue to open up your spirit to me through the worship and through the unity with me, I'm going to begin to change lives because you are willing to be used. Because you're willing to be used. So I'm going to say it like this. Remnant, welcome to Remnant. know what a remnant is it's a leftover piece that was discarded that felt like nobody wanted it he said you can relate to that you felt like a remnant a leftover piece that was discarded that nobody wanted he said he's breaking that off of you he said he's getting ready to sew you in to the body he's getting ready to tie you in he's getting ready to pull you in to what he needs he said he's getting ready to cut every wound that was over you and begin to sear it up in the name of jesus christ Every word that was spoken over you of, of, of neglect and not want and abuse. He said he's breaking it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Because you pressed to be in unity. You pressed to be in unity. I want those of you that are up here. I want those of you that are up here. I see you. I saw you when you were willing to come in on your own. But not just me, he saw you. He said, you're doing good, mom. No, you're doing good. He said, when you made that decision to turn around to me and make dedication to me and follow me, he said, you meant it with every single word. He said, and because of that, I'm going to mean it with every single word, the things that I want to fulfill through you as long as you stay in unity with me. He sees you. What's powerful is he sees you. You don't need, it's not about anybody. It's just you and him and he knows that. That's what matters. Stay there. God wants to move. I am sweating even under my glasses. I'm sorry. God wants to move over us today. He wants to move over his bride. Can you just put your hands up for a minute? nobody praying over nobody right now just but just can you just what's funny is when I read in scripture right there it just says they were in one accord it doesn't say they were praying over one another it said that they were longing and in one accord for what he wanted can we just do that for a minute come on what do you want God <laughs> what's your heart for your people God what's your heart to bring in unity your people God What's your heart for us, God? What's your heart for us, God? I pray that the bride of Christ begins to cry out, What's your heart, God? What do you want, God? What's your voice, God? What's your word, God? What's your direction, God? Where are you leading, God? What are you doing right now? Not what I'm not doing, not where I'm at, but what do you want, God? 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 Do you know they waited? Oh, we get patient waiting on hearing what God wants because we can't quiet ourselves to know enough. Oh. But, oh, bride, are you willing to wait? Are you willing to wait for the Lord to begin to speak to your heart so tenderly? Are you willing to wait? Be still. 